Ezer Hashem, Sefer Shemois, Sefer Shemois, Sefer Geula, Parsha Shemois. I do want to mention, just uh, as a Hagdoma, not really Sefer Shemois, just Hagdoma to the Shei, that um, I am going to be in, in America in a few weeks' time, and we are looking for locations for the Parsha Shei when I'm there. So anybody that, um, that's listening, that is Nagea to hosting one of the Parsha Shemois, Ezer Hashem in America, whether it be New York, whether it be Chicago, Miami, LA, Toronto, whatever, somewhere around that, uh, those areas, they should send an email in, aw at etrog.net.il, Hashem, and all you guys will be able to, Be'ez Hashem, continue listening to the showroom, on the app, which should be downloaded, it should be on the app every single week, Be'ez Hashem, for those that have the app, for even those that even know that there is an app. Okay, Sefer Shemay Sabay Sai, Sefer Shemay Sefer Gula, here we go. We spoke last time about the difference and the cutoff between Sefer Barishis and Sefer Shemais. Klal Yisrael are going down to Mitzrayim or in Mitzrayim. The Avoida, the work is starting to happen and Klal Yisrael are feeling the pressure. We also know that Moshe Rabbeinu is born. Moshe Rabbeinu comes up over here. And we're going to discuss a little bit about Moshe Rabbeinu. So... Let's read a little bit about the Pasuk, about how Moshe Rabbeinu comes, enters the scene. Perik base, Pasuk Aleph, beginning of Shlishi. Moshe Rabbeinu grows up. Moshe Rabbeinu goes out to his brothers. Vayar b'sivloisam, vayar ish mitzri make ish ivri me'ochav. He sees one hitting the other. What's going on? What's all this avodu about? What's all this hitting about? He looks around. There's nobody around. And he buries him in the sand. So Rashi over here on Posuket Aleph where it says Vayar b'sivloisam Says Rashi, what does that mean? What exactly did Moshe Rabbeinu see? He went out to visit his brethren. He went out to see all his brothers, see how they're doing. And he sees what? Says Rashi. Nosan Einov Veliboy Leois Meitzah Aleyem. said these are big words. These are big words with very big ramifications, hopefully, in our own personal lives. Again, Nosan Einov Veliboy. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't just go out and see how Klal Yisrael was suffering, but he gave his heart, to be stressed among them, to be part of them. Now we have to understand, let's put things into perspective. Moshe Rabbeinu was brought up in royalty, the palace, Paroi, the most powerful man in the entire world with servants feeding him, serving him, doing everything he wanted. There's a Pesach later on where the Pesach says, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know what was it that caused Klal Yisrael to go into this problem? What was it that caused Klal Yisrael to have the Golas, to enter the Golas, to be in this situation? Says the Pasuk in Pasuk Yudalad, Vayira Moshe, Vayoma Ochein Noida Hadova. Unbelievable. Now I know, now I understand. Says Rashi, and Rashi explains 
What's the pshat? Rashi says, because Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know what caused Kalal Yisrael to be involved in the Shibud Mitzrayim. What did they do, do to deserve such a punishment? And says, Moshe Rabbeinu, now I understand. Now it's clear to me why Kalal Yisrael on Mitzrayim. And as Chazal explained in two simple words, Loshon Hora. The Chet that they did, the Aveira that they did, to deserve going down to Mitzrayim and working hard for all those years was the hate of Lashon Hora. And now, says Moshe Rabbeinu, as Rashi explains, now I understand. It's all because of that. Now we have to understand, this is what Chazal tell us, it's what the Torah is telling us. What's going on? Why is this the Yisoyed of Golis? Why is this the Yisoyed of Klal Yisrael being affected in such a deep manner? Moshe Rabbeinu is sent to be the Shliach to bring Klal Yisrael out of Golis. And Rabbi Sa, if we can understand for a few moments why, why, particularly Moshe Rabbeinu was chosen to be the Goyal, to be the Redeemer of Klal Yisrael, what Mida did Moshe Rabbeinu have more than anybody else? Then perhaps maybe we can understand what we have to do to be Zoycha to our own personal Gola. That's the question. Why did they deserve this Chazal? Tell us Loshon Hara. What is Loshon Hara? What does it mean to speak Loshon Hara? Loshon Hara means to speak badly, in a negative manner against somebody else. What does it mean? You know what it means? And the Chavetz Chaim says this. He says, you want to feel good about yourself? There's one easy way. There's a hard way, and then it's to work on yourself. You know, you work on yourself to become the best person, ah, then you're great. You've, you know, you've risen up. There's a much easier way, you know what that is? To put somebody else down. When you put somebody else down, you automatically rise up. That, in a nutshell, says the Chovetz Chaim, is Loshon Hora. And that's exactly what's going on over here. That's what Kalal Yisrael over here was suffering from, is because that's what they were doing. Now, where did they learn this from? Where did they get this from? What happened? So we know that when they came into Mitzrayim, Yokom Melech Chodosh Al Mitzrayim, a brand new king. Tupshatim Rashi brings Moran Saita. Wasn't really a new king. He just Kielu made himself the Loyodas Yosef. He knew Yosef. He didn't want it. He wasn't interested. He wasn't interested. And you have to understand, you know, we're talking about a ruler of the most powerful nation of the world, a midget, going to Chazal, an Amma by an Amma. Everything that came his way was because of Yosef Atzadik. Yosef was the one that understood the business mind. You got to put things away. You got to store things in order that we'll have food and everyone will come to us. And that's what happened. The entire success of Mitzrayim was because of Yosef Atzadik. And here, all of a sudden, Paris no longer interested. Who's Yosef? <laughs> I don't even know who Yosef is. Chazal Talas Shel If you deny, you don't appreciate. The toiva that your friend did to you, Saifai says Chazal, you'll be Kaifa Batoivasai Shalakadosh Baruch. You'll be Kaifa in everything that the Rabbinishram gives you. This was Parai. Avas Atzmai. He loved himself. Everything was about me. Yosef, who's Yosef? Who? What's Yosef going to do with anything? It's about me. Avas Atzmai. He loved himself. Yeah, Yosef did it, but I don't need him anymore. Now I'm okay, I'm on my own two feet. I don't need him. I forgot all about the guy that helped me. Because now I can manage myself. Ah, that's He loved 
himself. And that was Pari. Klal Yisrael came to Mitzrayim, the Yalkut, and Medrash tells us, they started learning from the Goyim, they started learning from the Mitzrayim, in fact the Chazal takes it a step further, the Medrash says that he stopped learning Torah, not only did they stop learning Torah, they were disgusted by the Torah, Chazal tell us, they were learning from the Goyim, they were being over that by the Zorah, Shemirachim, what was going on? Where did they learn this from? They learned this from Pari. Everything's about me, everything's about myself, and that's where Losh and Horror kicked in. Losh and Horror kicked in. Now you see someone be successful. See a guy. Oh, another Bach in Yeshiva. Ah, steiging. Unbelievable. This guy's steiging. Uh, you don't know what he did last night. Because you've got to put him down. Because he's being successful. So if I put him down, I become better than him. Because I just put him down. There's a guy who's doing well in business. Ah, uh, he doesn't do everything correctly. He cheats a little bit. Because the first thing we do as a mechanism to make ourselves better is put somebody else down. Because we ultimately want to rise above everybody else about the Avas Atzmai. That's what Klal Yisrael saw in Mitzrayim from Paroi. And that's what happened over there. And that's what Lashon Hora kicked in. Lashon Hora is about, let's put him down so I become better. That's what it is. Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Dosen Barin and says, hey, what's going on? Why are you hitting your fellow friend? What do they answer? Who made you in charge? We're in charge. It's about me. It's about what I decide. And this is what caused the Golas. This is what caused Klal Yisrael to go in Mitzrayim further and further and further, deeper and deeper down, away from the Rabbi Nishlein. The Avas Atzma Rabbi Sai, you cannot be an Eved Hashem. An Eved Hashem is not someone that loves himself. According to this, maybe we understand a little bit of why Dafka Moshe Rabbeinu why Moshe Rabbeinu? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do to deserve taking Klal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim? Incredible. What a schus. It went to be Aaron. He did it. What's the pshat? The answer is, there was no one that had this midah more than Moshe Rabbeinu. You know, there's a chazal, Medrash and Shmosh Rabbah, famous chazal, that here you've got Paroi, the most powerful king. He made Ixayra. That every single male should be thrown into the Nile so that maybe the one that we saw, Alpi the astronomers, that's going to save this nation is not going to live. And here he's got a little boy, little Moses, on his knee. And he's playing with Parai. Chazal tell us this in the Medrash. My Parai's got Moshe Rabbeinu. This is him. This is the one that you worked so hard to make sure didn't exist and died and didn't, you know, keep going so that he wouldn't take out Kalal Yisrael. And Parai didn't even realize he's sitting on his knee. Sitting on his knee. And what happened one day, says the Medrash, Moshe Rabbeinu was messing around. He's sitting on Paris' knee. He takes Paris' crown and he puts it on his own head. <gasps> Everybody's like, whoa. Moshe the Malchus! He's rebelling against the king! He just took the king's crown! They came to Paris and said, Misa, he has to die. Paris like, he's a kid. He's a little kid, three years old, four years old, five years old. What does he understand? A crown on my head, a crown on his, a shiny gold thing. What does he know? He said, you know what, let's do a test. We'll do a test, we'll take a tray, and we'll put on it some boiling hot red coals, and then we'll also put some nice shining diamonds. And we'll see which one he picks, and through that, we will decide whether he has das or not. So Moshe Rabbeinu is there, and he, this is the ultimate test. And his hand goes towards the diamonds. 
and a malach comes and pushes his arm towards the coals, he takes the coal, he puts it to his mouth, and he burns his lip, and that's his speech problem that he has for the rest of his life. We know he wasn't able to speak so well, and it was because of that. And the question is, all right, Beseda, Malach pushed him, he took the coal to show us if I don't know the difference, and he saved the day, he wasn't Chayat Misa, wonderful. But why is it that he had to have that permanent mark with him for the rest of his life? And the Pshat maybe is because Moshe Rabbeinu who grew up in the palace, who grew up with kings, who grew up with riches, who grew up with everything you wanted, always remember, that might not be your Tachlis. Your Tachlis might be to save Klali Yisrael. Your tachlis might be to look out for somebody else, even if it's hot, even if it's dirty, if it's not exactly so comfortable, it doesn't make a difference. That's your tachlis. The voice the Torah tells us, Nosan Rabbeinu left the Avas Atzmoi, and he went to look what other people did. He didn't just look at them, he felt their pain. He felt Claudius Rose suffering. He didn't just look from the palace and say, Oh wow. Oh, these Hebrews are working hard. Wow, I'll go back to my comfortable, air-conditioned cushion in the palace. He went out there, and not only did he see, as Rashi tells us, he gave his heart to understand their suffering. Moshe Rabbeinu was exactly the opposite of Avas Atzmai. Avas Atzmai is everything about me. Moshe Rabbeinu says, what can I do for somebody else? There was a big Rosh Hashiva, this Roshiva once went to an inn and he said, I need a room for the night, I'm traveling, it's late at night, I need to rest a little bit. The innkeeper said, sure, no problem. Gave him a room in the middle of the night. He hears noises, singing and dancing from the rooms. <laughs> oh, this, this rabbi, I guess he took a little bit of, a, bit of a vodka before he went to bed to, you know, calm himself down. You know, singing and dancing, hey, cute. He sees the rabbi the next morning, he says, hi, rabbi, enjoyed yourself last night? He said, what do you mean? I said, oh, come on, I had the singing, the dancing. How much alcohol did you have? He said, what are you talking about? He said, last night I had a chasnas, have a chasna of one of my Talmidim that I wasn't able to be present. It was far away, I wasn't able to travel there. I wanted to be besameach, the chasna, I couldn't do it in front of him, but I was besameach myself. And through that, hopefully the chasna will be besimcha. He felt somebody else's happiness. So I said, let me ask you a question. When was the last time? Something happy happened to one of your friends and you were really happy. You were really happy. It really gave you a simcha. When was the last time that ever happened? You know, so imagine you hear, oh, this guy, you heard him, he made a shas. Wow! Siyama shas! Tafayomi, beautiful! Somebody pipes up. He did it with the art scroll. Right? Oh, big deal. Why, why are you not happy for somebody else? Why, not, why is somebody else's simcha not your simcha? The answer is... The Abbas Atzmoy kicks in. And the truth is, I don't know if we're ready to blame. We're living in a generation where everything's about me. I mean, you just love, you mentioned this before, you look at technology. You've got the iPhone. You used to have the iPod. Everything's about me. Everything's about I. Even the Wii Machine. W-I-I. It's all about me, right? That's what they're telling us to do. They're telling us everything's about me. It's not about somebody else. And if we realize that that's what brought the Geula, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu, that was the midah that he had to bring the Geula, that is the midah that we have to work on ourselves. Not the Avas Atzmai, 
But to put our liboy, not just to see someone else's pain, or see someone else's suffering, but to actually feel it, it should be real. There's a modic, a meshachachma, parashas noyach. The meshachachma says, there are two ways, there are two mahalchim to serve the rabbi shalaylam. Says the meshachachma number one, you can close yourself in a room, lock yourself up with gemaras and shas and rishonim, and sit and learn. Unbelievable. Or, Another option. You can go out to the club, you can go out to people, and you can help other people. Which one is greater? Which one goes higher? So we would have said to the Meshachachma, the person who sits in the room, sitting and learning, wow, he's going to gain the most. That's incredible. He's sitting and learning and learning. He says, the Meshachachma means a raya from Noyach, which we're not going into now, the raya. He says, no, that person that goes out and helps somebody else might think that he's losing out I'm not in the Bismedjish, I'm not learning, I'm not being a Vodas Hashem. No, no, when you help somebody else, ultimately you gain yourself. I want to have Modika Maisa, Rebelski Zatzal. Rebelski Zatzal, when he was in hospital, he was ill, he was very, very weak, he was suffering towards the end of his life, he was in the hospital, and they said to him, the nurses said to him, you know, I think you should possibly move hospitals. There's better care, there's better, you know, options. There's better medical situations in this other hospital. I think you should move hospitals. And Rabelsky was very, very weak. He said, no, I don't want to move hospitals. Because if I move hospitals, the doctors in this hospital is going to get very upset. As if we're not good enough. Oh, you have to go to the other hospital. We're not good enough. And they're going to get upset. I don't want to do that to them. As just not as soon after that whatever it was a few minutes an hour whatever something happened with his heart had a heart attack and only because he was in the hospital at that moment were they able to save his life and after they realized wow if he would have moved hospitals he would have been in the middle of traveling in an ambulance they wouldn't have been equipped properly who knows what would have happened but because he thought about somebody else he thought about how someone else can suffer by his action he decided, I'm not going to do that. And that's an unbelievable thing. Reb Chaim, Rabbi unbelievable myself. You see, it's from the Gedoyle Yisrael, how they live this. It was in their blood, it was in every one of their veins. Reb Chaim, the God of Lador. Somebody, he was with all his Tamidim, they were surrounding him somewhere in the street, it was freezing, it was snowing. And a year, the young boy comes over, and he had trouble articulating the words. He couldn't say the words properly. Maybe he was embarrassed. Maybe it was hard for him to speak. And he asked Rabchaim Oiza how to get to a certain place. And Rabchaim Oiza said, Come, I'll show you how to get there. And here's the God Ladur, an old man with all his Talmidim, takes a detour for 25 minutes down the road, shows this young man where to go, and comes back. And when he drops the guy off, the Talmidim say, Rebbe, you, you, you could have showed him where it is. Tell him, go right, go left. What did you go there for? He said, like, He said, Could you imagine if I would have told him, go left, go right, you know, and ask again? And as they say many times, he would have had to embarrass himself again to ask someone else. And it was so hard for him to ask the first time. I didn't want to put him through that. So he put himself out for somebody else. I want to tell you, Murdoch Amaisa Bechovitz Chaim. This is such a gavaldigamaisa, but it shows you how the gedolim worked on this, and everything in their life was not about them; it was about somebody else. The chovetz chaim, a wealthy man, came into the chovetz chaim and said, "Rebbe, I bought you a present." 
Chavzal said, I don't need a present, don't give me anything. He said, no, Rebbe, you have to have this. It's a pair of fur-lined gloves, beautiful gloves. Gorgeous gloves, you put it on, it's so warm, and in Radin it was freezing. Chavzal said, please, I don't need no presents, I don't want it. I'm not interested. And the rich man insisted, and he took them. Chavzal had them with him, he was on the train, and he was wearing them. And he went to open the window of the train in order to get some fresh air. He opens the window and his glove gets caught. And as he tries to get it off, tries to, tries to pull it out, it flies through the window. He lost his glove. Without even thinking more than a second, he quickly took off the other glove and he threw it through the window. He said, what, what, did you, what was that all about? He said, some poor person is going to come past the train tracks and he's going to see a glove, one glove, on the floor. And he's going to say, wow, Halavai would have the other one. He said, what am I going to do with one glove anyway? Let him have two gloves. You know what that is? That's putting inside your blood thinking about somebody else. Not all is about yourself. The Midah of Moshe Rabbeinu. Why Moshe Rabbeinu was Zorikah to take Klali Sorana Mitzrayim is because he had this Midah. As Rashi told us, he took himself out of himself and he looked, but he felt somebody else's pain. That was the Midah of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's the Midah that took Klal Yisrael ultimately out of where they were and brought the Geula. And if we use this Midah, if we use this Midah of thinking about not only ourselves, but we think about somebody else, what we can do for them, they're going through a hard time. Rabbi Yisrael will be able to bring the Geula ourselves. Bez Zoshem, Shkoyach.